Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, member FINRA SIPC. Sierra Ridge Wealth Management is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. The S&P 500 is a market-cap-weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Hunter and not those of Sierra Ridge Wealth Management or Next Financial Group. Next does not provide tax or legal advice. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Wealth Accelerator Podcast. Hunter Lowry here. I'm a financial advisor, and my goal is to help you to create a family legacy, not just short-term wealth. Okay, guys, and if you would ever like help working on your financial plan and, and making sure that you are able to reach your financial goals while taking on the least amount of risk, you can always book a one-on-one discovery call with myself at hunterlowry.com. There's a link to my personal calendar, and I would love to be able to help you out. So hopefully you enjoyed the last episode. Like I said, I cut this into two parts with the interview with Maria. So here we go. We'll dive into part two. So then transitioning over to some, you know, some actual tangible things that people can do. Um, Because, you know, right now it's hard to keep an abundant mindset when overall it feels like there's less, right? I mean, if you take... $10 to the grocery store today versus five years ago, obviously you can buy a lot less today. Um, Mm -hmm. So what are some other tips? And, you you know, it might be the color coding and some of these things, but um, some, some actual strategies that you give people to help them um, realize these goals when their overall still feels like there's less. Yeah. So one thing I would say is, well, there's, there's a few things I'm going to say. One of them is to know what your, what your priority is. I heard the other day that the word priorities, plural, didn't even exist 100 years ago. Admittedly, I didn't check it. <laughs> so you can fact check me on it if you want. Um, but it, it does kind of make sense because the singular priority existed, but not priorities. And it just that idea that you either have one or you don't. And I like to think that our future is our priority. So our future selves. It's so important in my idea to pay yourself first. So don't give that up. Even when it's so tempting, if you go to the store and you take your $10 and it only bought you a couple of things that you thought you needed, make sure that you don't go to the store with that $10 until you've given yourself the $10 first or or $2 or something. You always want to make sure that you are continuing to do the things in order of operations, right? So that's one thing to make sure that you know. The other thing is to make small incremental changes. So many times people are like, well, I want to, you know, I want to save 10% and I want to, you know, spend this much at the grocery store. If inflation is 8%, maybe you increase your grocery budget by 3%. So you're still increasing it a little bit, but you're not necessarily going as high as inflation. It's going to help you be creative. The way that our minds work, Hunter, is that if you have less to work with, you still figure out how to make it work. It's just that you have to be more creative and innovative with that. No, that makes a lot of sense. 
Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's Parkinson's it, law. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't mean to look over there. I apologize. <laughs> My daughter's oh, knocking on the door and I'm trying <laughs> to make sure that um, it's not too distracting for you. Uh, but yeah, it's Parkinson's law that whatever you have, you will use. And so if you, even if inflation didn't go up to eight, 10%, if you got a raise of 10% and you didn't figure out how to intentionally spend that, you're going to just all of a sudden have that lifestyle increase of 10 or 11 or even 12% because that lifestyle creep does, it's real. It, it does creep in when we're not intentional. Oh man, a hundred percent. And that's like, even with what your podcast says to make money behave, obviously you were very intentional with those words because yeah. I, I see it all the time too, where clients will come and they make a lot of money. I mean, they're doing really, really well, but they say, Hunter, I, I feel like I'm broke. And mm -hmm. they, they kind of are, I mean, for the amount of money that they're making, they're not saving, they're not, they're not doing these things that they should be doing. So without that intentionality, um, and having that purpose, like you said, yeah, it just, it just goes to a lifestyle increase and it's, um, again, up in the cloud, nobody even knows where the heck anything's going. Yeah, I agree. Uh, now this next thing I'm going to say is probably a little bit controversial. Um, so I'm going to throw it out there, Let's do it. <laughs> uh, but it, it's the idea of, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of coaches hate debt in general. Right. And, um, and I understand why, because it can steal from you for your paycheck and stuff. But when we have stuff like this, that's happening right now, and so many people are focused on like, I need to get rid of all this debt. If that's where you are right now, and yet you can't buy groceries at the grocery store, I would say to rethink some of how you were looking at your, just at your cash flow in general. So for, for me and for my clients, we really want to focus more on the cash flow than just the net worth. Now, as a financial advisor, I'm sure you're seeing lots of people's net worth go up and down, maybe more down than up right now. Um, but that is such a fluctuating thing, right? And we want to make sure that we're our net worth is not our self-worth. So, so that's one thing to really keep in mind. You don't, you know, you're, you're planning on using it in order to live. Yes. But it's not a defining factor of, of what you are and who you are. So Definitely. what I like to focus on is that cash flow. And if you're focusing on cash flow, let's just say for a second that you are doing the debt snowball. It's a very popular approach to paying off debt. This is where it becomes controversial. If, if the current debt snowball debt that you're working on has a cash flow, in other words, a minimum payment of just like 50 bucks, and it's going to take you a few thousand dollars to pay off that. But the next one down the list has, uh, let's just say a minimum payment of $350. Maybe it's your car. And that is only like a thousand dollars from being paid off. I would absolutely hit pause on the first one and pay off that car mostly because it's going to free up $350 for you each month. And I think a lot of people, they forget that they get so tunnel vision into, well, this is what somebody told me, and this is what I need to do. And so it's, it's what I'm going to do. And I'm just going to stick to it. And while I really believe that there's an important time and place for sticking to what you have said you're going to do, I think that we also need to be willing to be flexible enough to shift when other things around us are shifting. So I just, I give people permission to be creative and figure out like, what are some different ways we can still get the same result, but it's going like, to just kind of take the, take the pressure off of your neck a little bit, you know? 
Yeah, for sure. And and I totally agree. I mean, whether it's the debt snowball method or I mean, there's so many ways to pay off debt and, and mm-hmm. have that strategy. I again, I, I think it's all it's called personal finance for a reason. Right. We have right. to understand everybody's specific situation in order to help give them the best advice. I, I don't think it's really possible to just throw blanket statements out there that's going to work for every single person that's on this planet. Um, yes. But I, I do think in, in like you said, just the importance of even if you're changing that, there's still a reason and an intentionality behind what they're doing. They're mm-hmm. not just, you know, setting that, whether it's debt or investing or, or whatever the topic is, they're not just setting that on the sidelines and just hoping that it's going to work out. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's where people get into trouble. And, and like you said, even though you're, you're, you're being flexible, which I think is a great thing. Um, I think it's awesome that you're still identifying what they want to accomplish and they're working, whatever that game plan is to make that happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And now I'll jump into a couple of the actual practical things that you were asking for. Uh, You know, if people are trying to figure out how to make their dollar stretch a little bit more, there are some things that we can do. Some of the stuff is just rehashed from other places. Um, But for example, eggs. In our household, we really do like eggs. We don't go through them all the time, but I want to make sure we have them on hand. Um, I have a friend who has chickens, and I have offered to watch her child for her a couple times, and she basically gives me those eggs. Now, do we do that all the time? No. Would I have watched her kid for her anyway? Yes. <laughs> so, so it's not like I'm trading five hours of babysitting time for a dozen eggs. That would be like kind of a ridiculous trade. <laughs> uh, but it's just that recognition of if you can provide value to somebody they're also willing to provide value to you. So do think of that in a transactional way in some in some cases. Another thing that I've been doing, and I have a family of six, just to throw that out there. Yeah, you're busy. Yeah, <laughs> but we've been figuring out how to not spend more than like $400 a month on groceries. Wow. And that's amazing. It sounds amazing, uh, but it's really, it's nothing for me to pat myself on the back for. It's just to let you know that it's the process that I'm using in order to make it happen. We are not going without, we're not, we're not in scarcity mode. We actually continue to eat the same things that we did before. It's just a different way of looking at it. So I used to, you know, plan ahead and like, Hey honey, what do you want for dinner over the next few weeks? And so we would name the meals. We'd write out the ingredients. We'd go to the store and we'd buy it. Right. Now, if I were to do that, it'd probably be $800 a month for groceries, guaranteed. Totally. Because yeah. the, the specific ingredients that we need are this, this, and this, and those are, are at a premium price this week. So what I've done instead, we are very lucky. We have we live in an area where we have uh, several grocery stores within a, a decent amount of uh, drive time. And we get the little brochures, whatever you call them, the circulars. We get oh, those. Yes. And so yeah. I see what's on sale. And I have been using the shop by online and then just pick up method so that I'm not spending money when I go in there, which is has been huge. Because again, if you've got it and it's there, you're like, oh, I need that. I forgot I needed that. Oh, yeah, um, I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Costco issue, right? <laughs> uh, yes. But when, when I shop that way, I'm buying all of the things that we would normally have anyway on sale, if it's specifically on sale, it's a really good deal. I'll bulk buy at that moment. So if they say limit six and I can get six, I will get six. The reason I can afford six at the time is because I'm not spending money on the other stuff that I'm now using from the weeks before. 
So I buy what's on sale and then I piece it together. So no longer do I say, honey, what do you want for dinner? I say, honey, this is what we've got. And this is what we're going to have for dinner now over this next week. And then Hunter, if there are a few specialty things where I've got maybe five out of the six ingredients, I will be fine going to the store, getting that sixth ingredient. And that's how we've been able to make sure that it is super affordable for us. Uh, so, that's so smart. I mean, and, and somebody is probably going to say, well, I don't have a person that has chickens next door, so I can't. But at the end of the day, it's just if you can be creative about it, you can't yes. figure something out. That's absolutely correct. And that whole chicken next door thing, I mean, admittedly, that was only for a little bit of time. And now she's no longer going to the same place that I am. So I can't even watch her kid for her. Uh, So, (laughs) but when I was, but even though I had a dozen or two eggs in the fridge, when I went to Costco one time and they were, you know, quote, down to 250 a dozen, I went ahead and got a couple dozen because I could. I had already planned for that. And now I don't need to worry about having, you know, no eggs in the fridge for that moment. So again, it's just one of those examples um, of how to use the resources that are there. For me, that's such an important lesson. Use what you've got. When I work with business owners who are just starting, I'm like, they're like, well, I need this and I need this and I need to do this. There was someone I, I remember when she's like, I need to make a cupcake. And I'm going to sell these. I'm like, that's great. And she said, but I need an icing thingy. I'm sure she called it something better. And I'm like, well, what have you been using till now to ice your cupcakes? And she goes, oh, girl, I just cut a little hole in the you know bottom of one of those little bags. And I do a piping. That's what it is, a piping, an ice piper, right? Whatever. Yeah, um, she's like, and I just did it like that. And I said, then just do it like that. She goes, well, people are paying me for it. I said, well, they've told you they would pay you for it before. So just do it like that. And then when you've made a little bit of money, go out and buy your little piper. And so it's the same thing here. Use what you have. So if I've got an abundance of something in my pantry, I figure out how do I pair this with something that's in my freezer and we pair it. And sometimes it's kind of like when someone walks out with a really weird looking outfit, they're like, what are we eating this chicken with this thing for? It's like, well, cause that's what I had. Um, but it's, it is a good way to figure out new, exciting things every once in a while. <laughs> For sure. No, I think it's absolutely awesome. Um, so also to kind of piggyback a, a little bit ago, you talked about small incremental steps that you've been taking. So yeah. I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, one of your your stories, if you're okay with it, that you were sharing on, on your podcast about um, your bar workout. So uh-huh. and not that you have to go into too much detail with it or anything, but um, I, I just really liked the lessons that you were talking about with the, the small actions. And even though um, it felt difficult at the time, some of the accomplishments that you've had, I just think that it's really powerful. So um, if you don't mind, just a quick recap of kind of what happened and what you've learned and and I guess how you also relay that to your clients. Sure. So uh, I guess the quick recap is that I knew I wanted to get into some sort of physical uh, activity on a regular basis. And I also knew that walking wasn't it because I have an injury on my foot. And so that wasn't going to be it. Um, so I, I, it just kind of fell into my lap circumstantially. And I thought, well, I don't know, that's low impact. That's kind of what I need is low impact. So I signed up for this thing called bar and I had never heard of it in my life. I had no idea. And um, when I started to go, I was like, oh, this is like, 
very awkward. And I know you mentioned that when I started, it was awkward. Uh, today, I just did my hundredth workout and it is still super awkward. I still look <laughs> a fool. So um, <laughs> I wish it was getting easier. It, it's actually feels like it's getting harder. Um, but what I was, what the, I think the most important lesson in there was that I wasn't focused on the results. For me, it was about just showing up for myself. Who is that future Maria that I really want to become? And somebody who I, I certainly don't care about, you know, being model fit or anything like that, but I want to be alive as long as God wills that for my children to, you know, get married and have kids and just all of that. And I'm like, if I don't change my trajectory just this little bit, then I'm going to end up in a class that I don't really want to be on. So I focused very intentionally on minimal of three times a week. That was it. Like, I didn't care what day it was, what time it was. I didn't even care like how well I looked when I was doing it. I just said, I'm going to show up three times a week. And there was one week when I was sick and I got in, I think I got in the three, uh, maybe, maybe two, because I didn't want to infect anybody. Um, but that was the only week that I didn't do at least three. And wow. so far this week, I've done seven. So holy cow. Yeah, I did raise my goal to four a week, but I want you to hear that I've actually been doing probably five a week consistently for the last, I don't know, two months. Wow. But my goal still says four a week because I always, always want to be able to move my goal up. I don't want to have to put it back down. So it, anybody who's listening, especially when it comes to your money, don't go so hard <laughs> that you're going to have to go backward. That, because that's just going to deflate your motivation. So you want to do those small changes like we talked about earlier. Instead of, you know, saying, I'm going to put aside 10% and, and give it all to Hunter to, you know, invest for me, start with 1%. Now, even though Hunter might go like, look, if you do 1%, you're never going to get to where you need to be. You just smile at him and you say, I understand that and I appreciate that. And I will get to 10%, I promise. But I don't want to start at 10 and have to go back to 2 so if you can start at one and just slowly build that up, just remember, don't stay at one, slowly build it up. <laughs> um, and then as long as you do that consistently, you're going to not feel it. Like you're not with the 1% and then the next 1%, it's you're, you're not going to miss that money. It's going to be working for you. And you know what? People know this. That's why the, the government knows this. That's why they take your money before you ever see it. If you had to pay oh, sure. taxes after you got your money, there would be a lot more people who weren't paying their taxes. And they know that about human behavior. And so they take it from you, which I think is crazy, but that's a whole nother, <laughs> whole nother thing for a whole nother session. Um, but, but they know that. And so they take it right off the top. And I'm just encouraging you, you do the same thing. Take your money right off the top, whether it's you know siphoning it right into a savings account or sending it right to Hunter or however it is that you want to do it. Do it right off the top because you won't miss it. You'll figure out how to, to live on that little bit of less. No, it's fantastic advice. I, I mean, I tell people that all the time in terms of, you know, dollar cost averaging. That's why I think it's so important because it almost becomes like a cable bill that you have. And it's just a habit right. that you build. Uh, right. You know, I put X amount into my retirement in order to reach the goal that we've talked about. And you almost forget that you're even doing it because like you said, just like your taxes, you already know on your W-2 paycheck that you're going to get X amount. You, you don't, most people don't really, uh, they don't tell me their gross amount. They normally say, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to end up with this X amount after all of everything. So mm -hmm. um, it, it's just really, really powerful to at least 
just get started too. Like you said, it, it was something that you wanted to accomplish and it was hard to get started. But once you did, now you're beating your goal and it, it, you know, every single week, it sounds like, and sometimes beating it by a lot. So just by starting that goal and just beginning the process, once you start to see the compounding effect and um, you start to see the growth, it's, it's not only the habit gets easier, but it's also exciting. I mean, I'm sure that you are much more excited every single day after you're done and you get that, hopefully (laughs) you get that good feeling of, you know, after you have a good workout and um, you're seeing some of those results. Well, same with your money. When you have that goal and you, and you want to start saving for whether it's retirement or buying a home or, you know, a million other things, just small incremental steps over time. It really does make a big difference. Yeah. I think the other thing, the other lesson that you might, have been referring to is that it's it's hard. I, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie, it's it's hard. And I found I found this to happen. The reason it was important to share that it just kind of circumstantially fell into my lap and I signed up and I did it was that after I did it, because I'm I'm not one to share, hey, guess what I'm gonna do? You know, <laughs> after I did it, after I showed up a couple of times, I was talking to a few people and uh, you know, it's just kind of catching up. Hey, what are you doing? Blah blah blah. And, and I mentioned that I was doing this and I think eight times out of 10, they're like, oh, that's hard. Like, and these are fit people, right? They're like, I go walking, I go hiking, I do this, I do that, but that's hard. I won't do that. And I, one of the things I said in that podcast was if I had heard all of that prior to committing, not just mentally, but financially to starting this, I might've never started it. I might've gotten stuck in my head and just said, you know what? It's hard. Everyone says it's hard and I'm not built that way. And so I'm not going to do that. And I, I'm so grateful that I didn't hear any of that feedback ahead of the time because I, I a proven to myself that I can do it and I still am not fit for it. I'm still awkward and yet I still show up. So anyone who's listening to this, the idea of investing, the idea of uh, cash flowing, the idea of just even being intentional with what you're doing. If that sounds hard to you, it is, <laughs> but it doesn't mean it's not worth it. And it doesn't mean that you can't do it. And I would almost say, find somebody that you trust, just commit to the process and then think about how hard it is afterwards. Because that, that was one of the biggest lessons that I personally got from that. Oh, I mean, that's fantastic. And and you're right. It's the same thing with money, because how many people will say, well, you know, I'm probably never going to be able to retire or it's way too difficult. I can't find any money in my budget to to put stuff away. It It's actually really funny. So sometimes I do um, home and garden shows um, or things like that. And I'll have a booth, a, a Sierra Ridge Wealth Management booth. And mm-hmm. I get this nine times out of 10 that I go and, and somebody walks by, they'll say, Oh, I would love to work with you if only I had some wealth to manage. I mean, that's the that's, <laughs> that's the big joke, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just funny because, it, it, like you said, it's just that mindset of people know and they hear other people say, "Ah, investing's hard." I mean, look at the market right now. Who wants to see their accounts going down? There's there's always a reason to not do something. As you mentioned, if you would have heard that before, and you had to get up at five thirty in the morning, and you had those voices in your head saying, "My my friend that literally runs ten miles a day doesn't even want to do this." What am I thinking? Right. Right. It's the same thing. You you have oh my friend that has a very successful business. He doesn't even invest because he says it's not worth it. 
So it's just getting past that initial barrier and actually beginning the process again, whether how big or small it is to start, it's just so important to begin making those incremental steps, I think. Yes, incremental and intentional. So uh, just to jump back just for a second, you had mentioned when we were talking about taking your money right off the top, you know, and then you said it's kind of like a cable bill that you just keep paying and you almost forget about it. I would say it's so important to not just forget about it. It's it is true. Like it's off the top of your mind. That's great. But we want to revisit that, whether it's every quarter, every couple of months, however you want to do that. But you want to continue to go. Do I want cable right now? Like maybe I don't want it. Maybe I don't, maybe I no longer watch the things that I did before. Um, now don't cut cable just because that's what everybody says you have to do. But if you're, but also don't pay for it if that's not what you really want. And it's the same thing when it comes to the way that you're investing. You know, what are you investing your stuff in? Uh, there might be companies that that you're investing in that don't even align with your values. And you might go, you know what, Hunter, I don't even want that money in that particular stock anymore. I actually want to pull it out. Not because it's not performing, because yeah, it's making me a lot of money, but my value is not around money all the time, right? It's Maybe it's something else. And so I think that's another piece that really makes personal finance personal. And uh, that came to fruition for me when we were sitting down doing our trust. It became... I became aware of it more when we did our trust, because I remember when they said, you know, you have to figure out like who you're going to leave everything to when you're gone. But they asked the question, who are you going to leave everything to? Or what do you want to happen if all of you are gone? Meaning like not just me and my husband, but me and my husband and our, our children, because with that, it's like, well, that's why I'm doing this is for them. But then when you're like, well, what if you're on a plane and it all goes who gets it then? And when that question was asked to me, I really had to sit down and go, yeah, who gets everything that I worked so hard for? What do I want that to represent? It was funny because my husband said, you know what, just divide it evenly between all my siblings and if my if my mom is gone. And at first I'm like, yeah, yeah, just do that for me. And then I walked away from that initial phone call and I'm like, don't do that. Like my siblings don't even have some of the same values that I do. Like I, that's not what I want. And so I, I did a lot of research and I figured what charities actually represent the work that I've done and who I've tried to help and how I'd like to have that live on. Now I pray that that never happens, that we're all wiped away, uh, but it's a great exercise to help you dig down deep and figure out what are those actual values. So revisit that, whether it's with your financial advisor, or your your money coach or whoever, but it really starts to you know bring that home at least oh, for sure. I mean, it, that's big that you did that because <laughs> I have that conversation a lot with clients of hey, we got to get to trust and will done, guys. Like it's just yeah. I, I promise I won't bug you about it ever again. But let's please <laughs> get this done. And you know because people don't want to think about these things, and it, it's hard enough to have someone think about okay, what do I want to look like twenty years from now, and mm -hmm. and then transition that over to well, what if I'm not here? What do I want other people's life to look like? I mean, that is right. a, a scary concept and something that people tend to avoid. So um, uh, kudos to you for getting all that, <laughs> all Thanks. that finished up. And um, yeah, I, again, I'm really glad that you shared that because um, it, it's just so, so important, again, to just think long-term and, and identify all the possibilities of what could happen and just make sure your bases are covered. Yeah, yeah. Now that's great. 
Well, Maria, I sure appreciate the time. I mean, I thought that was an awesome conversation. It was very, very helpful. I learned a lot, honestly, on the behavioral side today. So that was great. Awesome. Um, but going forward, too, if somebody wanted to learn a little bit more you know, about your coaching program, what you do, even just tap into some of your expert, er, um, expertise on a regular mm-hmm. basis, where can they go to find you? Well, there are a few places. I admittedly have not been super... Uh, you know, active on social media lately, but I'm there. So if they'd like to go, the name of my company is Cash In On Change. So that's where you could find me on Facebook. And then on Instagram, it's actually at Make Money Behave. And I would just encourage you to download the podcast because that's where you're going to hear so much about who I am and what I do. And it's all free content and you might as well, you know, get that. Um, And then there's all sorts of ways to connect with me from there as well. So uh, I think that's probably the easiest way to do so. Perfect. Well, again, I I hope that people do take that opportunity because, yeah, the numbers are so important. And, you know, I like to talk about what's going on in the economy and your actual investments and things. But um, there has to be that backbone of the mindset of everything in order for my portion to work as well. So um, I really, really highly encourage people to um, to tune in and, and get some help with that mindset part because it's so, so crucial. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah. Thank you, Maria. It's great to see you as well.